Hey guys, fall is upon us and you know what that means. Time for a wardrobe refresh. So before you go out and buy a bunch of clothes, I wanna tell you about my friends at Your Color Guru. They are color specialists that can help identify what color themes are best with your skin tone, hair, eye color, what makeup looks best on you. And my friend Jeannie Stith-Mawinney, who is the founder of Your Color Guru, did a color analysis on me a couple years ago. And when I tell you it was eye-opening, I was wearing colors that washed me out, didn't realize that there were certain things that were better on me for my complexion than others. And once I went through this process and it was so simple, I got this cute little cheat sheet color chart. And when I would go shopping, I could immediately just sort through and find the colors that worked best for me. And you would be amazed at how many people were like, oh, that top looks great on you. Oh, that color looks great. You look awesome in this. And it was always the colors that were on her color chart. I kid you not. So if you guys want to check her out, they have a special promo code for this organized life listeners. So visit yourcolorguru.com. Put in code organized life, O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-D-L-I-F-E, one word, organized life, and you'll receive 10% off your initial color analysis. I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. It's a great gift for people. So much fun, really seamless, and all done over the computer. So it's you can do it from anywhere. Awesome. Check it out. I've always said that clutter isn't the problem. It's merely a symptom. And one of the reasons why so many people continue to struggle with feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and shame is because they've been given logical steps on what to do, but they fail to address the emotional component of how clutter makes us feel. And this is why a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work. So I flipped the script and I've reframed my approach to using specific strategies based on what already motivates you. So my framework looks at clutter through the lens of the Enneagram. Now, regardless of whether you're an Enneagram junkie, whether you've never heard of the Enneagram or you fall somewhere in between, we have got you covered. I've created nine mini courses, one for each of the nine Enneagram types. And it's a great way for you to dip your toe in the water and learn about you and your patterns of behavior first. The beauty of this is you can always add on additional mini courses as needed. Now, if you're an Enneagram expert or if you want to use this framework in your marriage or family or professional relationships, I recommend checking out the complete course, which provides insight and strategies for all nine types. Now, regardless of which option you choose, I am with you every step of the way. Through a series of short videos, PDFs, and journal prompts, I will personally guide you through what I would do if we were sitting in a room in person working together. To get started, visit simplybeorganized.com backslash online courses and use promo code TOL20 to receive 20% off any of your purchases. Welcome to This Organized Life. If you're a mom, wife, or coffee lover seeking advice on how to reduce clutter and reclaim time, look no further than your host, Lori Palau, founder of Simply Be Organized and author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. For a lot of people, clutter is their dirty little secret, but it doesn't have to be. Each week, we will share practical tips, chat with experts, and provide strategies on how to keep you organized. I hope that by sharing our stories, you feel a little less alone and more empowered to tackle the areas that are holding you back. So let's get started. Hey everybody, 
everybody, and welcome to today's episode of This Organized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Palau, and I'm so excited that you are here today. We have a great guest joining us today, but before we bring her out, I just want to tell you about some exciting news that I have here to share with you, and that is the release of our mini courses about the Enneagram and Clutter. So if you are someone who has been really struggling with clutter, or maybe you live with somebody who is struggling with clutter, or maybe they are clutter blind and it's driving you insane. This is something that you are going to want to look into. So as many of you know, I have been doing a ton of research the past few years on trying to figure out the motivation, why some people struggle with clutter, why it irritates some people, why some people are naturally organized and really connecting the dots between the practical, how to do things, and the why, the emotional why and behavioral aspect. And I put all of that information together and developed this Enneagram and Clutter course. It's a digital framework that allows you to really look at personality, habits, and how you can integrate those into living a more simple and more organized life. We have a master course that we've done, which is all nine types, all nine of the main core types, talking about what the Enneagram is, for those of you who don't know what it is, as well as understanding, unpacking our framework here, teaching you the steps of how we do things here at Simply Be Organized, but then kind of blending the two and really looking at how does the intersection of what we think, feel, and do relate to clutter and organization. So we have this master course But then for those of you who might just be interested in doing a little bit of a deep dive, maybe learning about yourself, maybe you're new to the Enneagram and you just started kind of figuring out, want to know a little bit more about your own type, your own motivation, this might be the thing for you. So we have nine mini courses that still have all the nuts and bolts of understanding our framework but it is specifically honed in to each individual Enneagram type. So you can buy just your type. Maybe you could buy yours and your spouse's, or if you know your kid's Enneagram type and you want to buy theirs to learn a little bit about what motivates them and what practical strategies would make sense for them. That is a great segue into our larger course, which encompasses all nine types. To learn more, just head on over to our website, which is simplybeorganized.com backslash online courses, and you can access all of them. We'll also have all links in our show notes. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think, because it's really, really been transformational in not just for my own life, but how I work with my clients and understanding them better. So I encourage you again, if you're interested in personality types and you are struggle or obsessed with organization, this is something that you're going to want to look into. Now, back to today's guest. Joining me today is none other than Christy Wright. And for those of you who don't know who Christy is, She's going to tell you a little bit about herself, but she's a national best-selling author. She's also a Ramsey personality. So she is part of that Ramsey network. If you remember, we had Rachel Cruz back on talking about money at the beginning of the year. Christy's specialty is talking about life balance, as well as helping women build businesses through her business boutique academy. Say that 10 times fast. Christy has a new book that has just hit the presses. 
Here it is. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I have tons of earmarks on it. It's called Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. And she really redefines in this book what life balance is and how it's all about prioritizing in seasons, giving really practical, tactical recommendations of questions to ask yourself if you are struggling at all with measuring up or trying to do all the things and just dealing with mental or physical exhaustion. I'm so excited to dive into all things work, life, motherhood, organization with none other than my new friend, Christy Wright. Did you know that the home organizing industry has gone from $6 million in 2005 to over a $10 million industry in 2020? And during the pandemic, we all realized that having an organized home has become more than just a want, it's become a necessity. As the professional organizing industry continues to grow, our goal is to help as many people as possible live simply and work smarter, which is why I wanna tell you about our SBO Partner Program. By nurturing a diverse community of professional organizers in various cities, we're able to connect you with a trusted expert in your area. Each of our SBO partners owns and operates independent companies. However, they share a common goal of helping you reclaim a sense of common peace in your life. If you're a professional organizer or maybe thinking about becoming one, our program is designed to give you the tools and resources to help you strategically grow your business so that you can serve your clients well and make money doing what you love. So whether you're a professional organizer looking to grow your business or someone looking to hire a professional organizer, we've got you covered. Visit simplybeorganized.com backslash SBO programs to learn more. Hi, Christy. I'm so excited to have you here joining me on this Organized Life podcast. Hey, I am so excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun. Thanks for having me. For all my longtime listeners, they all know I'm huge Ramsey fans. We've had Rachel on the show, talk about the show because there's so many parallels in actually the way that you guys as an organization teach and kind of what we teach here over at this Organized Life. I was very excited when I got this advanced copy of your book right here. And you could see right here, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, like I have earmarks all over because, (laughs) um, you know, Chrissy teaches work-life balance and all the things. But for those of you, and I know I told our audience a little bit about you, but in your own words, can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, thank you for asking. And thanks again for having me. I have spent the last 10 years really helping women start businesses. Honestly, that's been my focus through my book, Business Boutique. We have a conference every October. I have a coaching group. So there's been this effort, this concentrated effort on helping women start businesses through the brand Business Boutique. And what I noticed is in 10 years of doing this, the number one question that I'm asked is how do you balance it all? How do you balance a business and a family and a career and all the things you've got going on? And I was asked this question so often, I started to notice a pattern that not only was I asked this question by women, I was asked this question by men and women, kids, no kids, business or career or stay-at-home mom. It didn't matter. Everyone is feeling out of balance. Well, in the last couple of years, I've started to make an expansion where I'm no longer just focusing on business. I'm really moving into the faith and personal development space. And so I've got a devotional in that space. My, my show has transitioned from the Business Boutique podcast to the Christy Wright show, where we're talking about more than just business. And when I started really exploring what is the number one thing that I feel like is a pain point I want to help solve in this space, this non-business space, but also relates to business. 
And it's this idea of balance. And I'm always asked the question in the same way. How do you balance it all? How do you balance everything you have going on? And balance is always used as a verb. And we've got all the analogies, Lori. We've got spinning plates and juggling balls and walking the tightrope and which balls are rubber and which balls are glass and which balls can you let drop on a Wednesday? I don't, it all feels stressful. It feels really, really stressful. And it also feels like that I can do all that and still feel out of balance. And so I started asking a different question. What if balance isn't something you do, how you balance it all perfectly? What if instead balance is something that you create in your life, more like a feeling? What if balance is something you could become in an out of balance world? What if you could feel balanced and still be busy? And what if balance looks a lot more like peace, even in the chaos, being confident in your choices when you say yes to this thing, no to that thing, being proud of how you spend your time and actually enjoying in your, your life. And I think that that is what we're really after when we talk about balance. And so I wanted to write my new book, Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance to help people with this issue of balance. But even more than that, the issues below the issues that lead to us feeling out of balance in the first place. I love it. I'm in a similar space in the sense that I help people with decluttering physical stuff, but also what what I call calendar clutter and trying yes. to prioritize things. So, I, and I get the same thing as well. I'm a mom. I'm a, I'm a mom of bigs. I know you have littles, so I'm in a completely different season. But I'm involved in my church and I'm involved in my community, and I get that question as well. It's like, how do you do it all? And my answer is, and I'm sure, and I'd love for you to kind of piggyback off of this is, well, I don't. I don't do it all. I either a outsource parts of it. Like I have teams of people, whether it's personally like the guy who cuts my lawn or the person who helps me clean my house, or I prioritize, which is a huge part of your book of what's going to take a back seat for now in this season so that I can focus in on this other thing that is important to me now. So I think, again, it's understanding what is, what is balance? We can't have everything all at once, all the time. I feel like balance is just a trigger word for a lot of people. They hear it and it makes them feel less than. And I love how you, it's guilty, it's shame. It's all of these things of I'm not measuring up to this. And in the book, again, guys, I like I read it and there's so many very specific practical things, which is what I love because I love people that give them a roadmap. And that's really what you do. So can you just talk a little bit about some of the areas? I mean, you've mapped out five specific questions that you kind of walk us through. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I I love the point that you made. I want to circle back to that really quickly because you you flew over this, but I think this is such, um, this is the essence of what we're talking about here. So you said we can't do it all and you're right. We can't, but here's what I've noticed. I've never articulated it in this way until you just said that it made me think of something. So here's what we do. None of us are doing it all. None of us. There's zero people doing it all. But what we do is we evaluate others on what they do and ourselves on what we don't do. And I think that is our problem because I look at you and I say, look at all the things she's doing. And I don't look at what I'm doing. I look at what I'm not doing. Well, I didn't work out today or I didn't uh, clean my house today or I didn't spend time with like whatever the thing is. But I have all these things that I did do. And I think what's interesting is that becomes an impossible standard because we get this idea in our head that everybody's doing it 
and we're not. Everybody's winning and we're losing. Everybody's succeeding and we're failing. And that's simply not true. And so I love how you said, I don't do it all, but I think that there's power in talking more freely and openly about the things we're not doing to show people, hey, for all the things that I am doing that you see, there's all these things that I'm not doing that you don't see. And I think that is really powerful. So I just wanted to highlight that because I thought that was really Thank you. Um, yeah. wise how you how you said that. And I wanted to point out, I think that's that's part of our problem. In fact, in the past, my decision-making paradigm was this. Do they need me? And can I do it? That was it. Those are the only two questions I asked myself. And if we're not careful, those are the only two questions we ask ourselves. Do they need me? Well, yes, they do. They're asking. Of course they do. And can I physically cram this into my schedule? Can I multitask it in? Can I be productive enough to get it in? Can I stay up late enough to get it in? Wake up early enough to to rush to get it in? And when we do that, we end up having our entire lives scheduled for someone else. Whoever gets to us first, whoever's the loudest, whoever's the neediest, whoever has the best guilt trip. And oh, by the way, the end result is we're doing a whole lot of things for other people that may or may not have anything to do with what actually matters to us. And we're rushing to get there. We're running ourselves into the ground to create a life we don't even like and that we we don't even want to live. I I think that we have to start to have better questions. We start to have to ask ourselves better questions to get to the better answer. So before I dig into the questions, I just want to give an overview of the thesis of the book. Yeah, please. please Many people, many people believe that life balance is doing everything right? Like we, we think we've got to do an equal amount of time on everything. I've got to work out and have quiet time and go to my church and have time with my spouse and time with my kids and, and time cleaning and time at work, all the things. And, and we can do all of that and still feel out of balance. And so the, the very thesis of the book, the summary in one sentence is life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the right things at the right time, you will actually feel that balance that you've been looking for all along. And so it gives you permission to shake the guilt because you're doing what's right for you. And that's the great news. You get to decide what's right. I'm not going to tell you and I don't tell you in the book, hey, here's what you should be doing. I say, here's some questions to help you figure that out for yourself. And so I actually give, when I, when I walk through like some questions to ask yourself, better questions to ask yourself before you say yes to something, for example, some of them are very tactical. Like, how will this affect my family? Because sometimes we can forget that if I say yes to working out at 5 a.m., well, there's a domino effect of how that affects my husband. If the kids start crying at 5 a.m., we're, we're not both there to tag team. And so I'm gone. So you need to like, or, or will I want to do it then? I may want to do it now. Yes. My default answer to everything all the time is yes. Yes. That sounds fun. Yes. I'll be there. Yes. Awesome. Yes, 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 yes. But will I want to do it then when that actually happens in February or Sunday night or whatever the time is? So I give you some very practical, tactical questions to ask yourself before you say yes. But here's here's the best question you can ask yourself. And I'll just, uh, since we have a short amount of time, I kind of want to give them a, a simple takeaway. Please, please. It, for everyone listening right now, if you were just going to ask yourself one question, one question that is going to help you feel more balanced, one question to know what to do, one question to help you sort out the guilt and make better decisions, this is the question. What's right right now? What's right right now. Not what is good, what is fun, what are my friends doing, what's in my face, who's the neediest, who has the guilt trip. No, no, no. What's right right now? Even asking yourself, what do I want to do? It's a great question to ask yourself, do you want to do it? But sometimes that can lead me astray because I want to do a lot of stuff. (laughs) I have a lot of interests. But if I ask myself what's right right now, I get a better answer. 
Because what's interesting is when I ask myself what's right right now, I bring into focus what is current, relevant, and important right now. And it allows me to shake the guilt for all the things that are not right right now. It doesn't mean they'll never be right. For example, I want to get a dog and travel to Europe, but that's not right right now. Someday I will, but not today. So I'm not going to feel guilty like, oh, I can't go to Europe or, oh, I, don't, I need to have a dog. To, no, 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 no. I'm going to shake the guilt of all the things I'm saying no to. It's not never. It's just not right right now. In fact, just recently, Laurie, this is maybe two weeks ago, honestly, there was a, a text chain going on, a group text with me and some girlfriends, and there was a really awesome opportunity to take a trip. And it sounded so fun. A lot of the girls were going and I was having major FOMO, major fear of missing out. I wanted to go. It was fun. I wanted to go. It sounded awesome. I had a fear of missing out. All the things. It's next week. It's not right right now. And when I ask myself what's right right now, what's right right now is me focusing on my book. I'm so excited about this book. And if I'm not careful, I will try to put so many things on my plate that I miss what is right right now. So getting my kids back to school and getting in a routine and getting this book out there. That's what's right right now. It's not that I'll never get to take a trip with my girlfriends. I do do that. It's just the timing of this trip is not right for me right now. And when I ask myself that question, it helps me shake that guilt and even shake the FOMO of the things that are not right right now. Because I can say, hey, y'all have fun. I'm doing what's right for me right now. And man, the the power and freedom and permission in the the answer to this question is powerful. That's the key word. And that's what I was, I was as you were talking and I know, I know you're an Enneagram eight and I'm an Enneagram eight. So for me, I'm like, I'm all in for some people that even if they know deep down inside that this isn't right, they think somebody's not going to like me. They're not going to ask me again. They have all these like internal voices or narratives that are, you know, giving them this false thing. And I, I love that this is giving people permission because well, that to me is such a big thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just, no, you're, no, you make such a good point because if you, if you noticed in the book, there is one sentence I say over and over and over again. Like I say it a hundred times because I just really want people to get it. It's your time. Mm-hmm. It's your life. Now, aside from my immediate family, as in my husband and my three children within my household, okay, aside from them, if someone does not like how I spend my time, that's their problem. Because that sounds like a you problem. That's what my, that's what my daughter, that's that's what my 17 year old would say. She would go, that sounds like a you problem. That's right. It's not their, they have their time and they're welcome to spend their time doing what they want in their one life. Mm -hmm. My time is my time. And so I'm going to spend it on what's right for me. Now, obviously there's real restraints of like my job and my responsibilities and within my household, I'm not, it is not a good practice to bulldoze your spouse in an effort for you to have balance. So if you'll notice everything in the book is talk to your spouse, talk to your family, talk to your kids. This is a conversation starter for you guys to get on the same page where everyone is represented. I am not the person that says, if your spouse doesn't like it too bad. Oh no, 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 no. When you got married, you decided to share that life and share that time with another person. So this is a conversation between you and them. But at the same time, for most people, for for people on the outside, for people on the fringes, or even your even your friends, if they don't understand how you're spending your time and they don't agree with it, that's okay. They have their time. It's kind of like, I like to use a, a parenting analogy. Like if another mom does not agree with how I raise my kids, discipline my kids, spend time with my kids, whatever, that's totally okay. Cause it's not their kids. <laughs> They're my kids. <laughs> and so just that again, permission 
This is your life. This is your time. And within the obvious restraints of your work, your responsibilities and your, your family within your household, you have a right to spend your time on what's right for you. It's okay if someone else doesn't get it because they have their time that they can spend on what they want. No, absolutely. All right, Christy, what's been the feedback? Because I know for myself, as you could see, right? Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sitting here and I'm nodding and I'm like, preach it, sister. This is, is so good. You know, I, I talk to people in my world, right? In the organization space, I talk about we have situational clutter, we have chronic clutter. Like, when is it a problem that we're dealing with the situation? You have a lot of stuff because you have a graduation party, so you have extra stuff. It's Christmas, you have extra stuff. This is situational clutter. There's some, you know, my daughter's going off to college, so I've got a lot of stuff that's all over my house right now, but it's situational. Where, how do you help people understand when is it like, okay, this is a busy season because you talk a lot about seasons as I do as well. Right. And I think that's an, also a kind of a theme that I felt throughout the book is yeah. what, how do you help people navigate through when it's okay to have a busier season or put something that's important on the back burner? Yeah. I love that question. And you're right. I don't think we talk about seasons enough um, because your season, the season that you're in in life in relation to your family, your health and your work, those being the three major categories that affect your time and your energy and so on. Um, I don't think we talk about it enough because when we're in a particular season, our season will always determine what our version of balance looks like. Our season will always determine what's important to us. What was important to me at 16 was who I was going to ride a football game with on Friday night. <laughs> what was important to me when I was 26 was very different from what's important to me at 36 and even now at 38. And so I think that it's good to look at your life and see what are the, what are the rhythms of your season. So I can tell you mine. I have about three seasons a year, meaning fall semester, spring semester, and summer break. Now that falls with my kids' school calendar. They have a fall semester, a spring semester, and a summer break. I also have a busy fall work schedule, a busy spring work schedule, and a light summer schedule. So when I consider the season I'm in, and even before the season, I will ask myself, I talk about this in the book, ask myself, what do I want this season to look like? What are the real restraints? of the season that I'm in and how does that determine what goes on my calendar and what I focus on. And so I think often we are in a season and what happens is we do not acknowledge the new season that we're in, the, the restraints. Let, let me give you an example. You have a new baby. You have a busy project at work. You um, have a sick parent you're taking care of, like, like real restraints that you have to live within in that season. We don't take that into consideration. And what happens is we hold our feet to the fire for all the things we used to do before that happened. You have a new baby and you're mad at yourself that you're not working out like you used to before you got pregnant or your house isn't as clean as, as it was before you had a child or um, you're taking care of a sick parent and you're not working on your goals or growing your business or whatever as much as you used to. And we beat ourselves up and feel guilty. It's like, no, 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 no. You've got to acknowledge this new season. So, so in, a, in a very practical, real-time example, I'm in a season of work, heads down, long days. I say yes to every opportunity because my number one priority right now is getting this book out there in the world. I believe in the message. I believe it's going to set people free. And I want to, I want to talk about it as much as I can. And I want to help spread that message. That does not mean I don't love my children. That does not mean I'm a bad mom. This summer, y'all didn't see me. I was playing on the lake, going to playgrounds every day. I was doing stuff in the evenings, on the weekends. I didn't work Fridays. I was with my family all the time. That was what was right this summer. 
what's right right now is focusing on this major project of my book launch. And so when you think about your season, you can ask yourself, okay, what's right right now in this season, even within that season, within a week, what's right this week? What's right today? And this, this relates to our priorities. But what that does is it helps you identify what makes the cut and what doesn't. So for example, in the summer, things that made the cut above the line were a clean house and working out, time with friends. Those are three things that, to be honest, are getting bumped below the line in this season because the majority of my time goes to work and my family. What time I have left, I'm spending with my family and my kids. I'm not going to spend it cleaning up. I'm not going to spend it with my friends. I'm not even going to spend it working out very much. I'll, I'll work out maybe once a week, but it's not with consistency like it would be in the summer. And so again, I'm not a failure because of that. I'm doing what's right right now. In fact, it would be failing to put pressure on myself to do everything in every season. And I think that's where we miss the mark. So I want to help people ask themselves what's right and do those things. I love it. And of course, because so my brain goes to this visual analogy. And when I talk about calendar clutter and I talk about prioritizing, I always try to give people the visual because I think any type of balance clutter of that sort, it's hard because it's not tangible. You don't see it. So I always try to give people this visual of a closet and you have all your stuff in your closet and you're not flipping out your clothes seasonally. So you keep buying stuff, you're adding new stuff in. And eventually that closet is going to get so overwhelmed. The rack is going to come down or you're not going to be able to see what you have because it's so cluttered. But if you take time to like pull stuff out and say, okay, I'm going to flip out my seasonal clothes. So now as we're coming into fall and we have, you know, our fall clothes and I can take out bathing suits because I'm not wearing them and vice versa, then you can actually see what you have. And it makes sense as opposed to just feeling so overwhelmed. And that's just the visual as you're talking that I'm thinking of is like, here you are. You're like, okay, this is what's important to me now. So this stuff is going in a bin. And then when it's time to shift that, we ship that out. It doesn't mean that you're throwing it in the trash. doesn't mean that you're abandoning it permanently. You're just taking it out temporarily right. for this time period. So right. I don't know if our listeners are out there. Cause again, my, my clutter people that have difficulty, I've had so many people say to me, I can prioritize my space, but I can't prioritize my time. And I always try to say, well, picture your time as if it were. Yes. Well, and that's, that's, so funny you say that because I opened one of the chapters with that analogy of the closet of like purging a closet and purging your calendar. And it's the same freeing feeling of like, it's gone and I feel lighter. And I think that, I think that we miss the mark when we think that the solution to our calendar problem is more productivity. It's almost like approaching a closet that is way too full and trying to color coordinate it. It's like, well, you can color coordinate it all day, but it's still crap you don't need. Crap you don't want. Crap you're having to sort through. So it's like, get it out of there so you never see it again. Same idea with your calendar. And I actually walk people through a practical, tactical exercise because when you're in the weeds, it's really hard to see clearly about what matters. And so I, I walk people through these five steps to balance. And the first one is just to zoom out And ask yourself what matters. But then I walk you through how to create an ideal schedule. Like step by step, you take a blank slate and you create an ideal schedule. Almost as if like, let's go back to your closet analogy. Because I love this. Because you're right. If something is not tangible, it's easy to miss it. And I think that's the problem with balance. That's why I wanted to define it and give you five steps to achieve it. So it's not this shadow that haunts you all the time. I'm out of balance. We don't know what it is. We just know we don't have it. And it just haunts us. So let's go back to the closet. It would almost be like taking your closet and completely emptying it, hypothetically, right? 
And then you go to this pile of clothes and you pluck out only the things you love the most and you put them in there. When you stare at that blank slate, you can actually think clearly about what you want in your calendar, what you want to spend your time on. But if you're just trying to rearrange the mess that's already there, that can feel overwhelming. I love how um, Stephen Covey said, don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. In other words, don't just shift around the stuff that's there. Look at the whole thing completely differently and put on there what matters most. And so I love I love your closet analogies, but the, the result is the same. You feel more free and more lighter and you actually enjoy what's left. I, I mean, listen, you're, you're preaching right to the choir. I'm like, preach it because that's what we teach here with our stuff. That's exactly what we do. And we say, you cannot see the, it's impossible to see what you have and what you want and what you don't want. So it is. And I think the process is, can be overwhelming and daunting because you almost are like, I don't know where to begin. But what I love about the way that you approach it is, first of all, it's non-judgmental. It's not like you're not pointing fingers or oh, shaming. It's it's like, let me walk you through this. And again, for somebody that is like, I just don't, I really struggle with prioritizing. I struggle with figuring out what's important. Yeah. You know, sometimes things are super clear and other times it's not. I, I You really, the actionable steps are really so simplistic, but yeah. yet really impactful. So yeah. I, I love that. I know that time is a little bit you know, we're, we're kind of short on time. Is there any other, before we take our last quick break, are there any other specific things that you want to share about the book with our audience that they can walk away with? Yeah. I, I would just say the, the heart behind it, which I think is as important, if not more important than the, the tactical steps of what we do, the heart behind it is a message that sets women free. This is not a productivity book. It's not about how to do more. This is a book that I hope you finish it and you go, I'm doing better than I realized. And these are the tactical steps to help me do even better. I I think women are walking around, men and women, but specifically women are walking around all day, every day, feeling like they're failing and they're not. That is a lie. It's a narrative and and a toxic tape playing in the back of their mind. And I want to show them what a great job they're doing so they can not only experience their life while it's happening in these moments, being present and experiencing but even enjoy them even more. You get one life. I want to help you spend it on what matters most to you. Uh, that, I think that's perfectly said. This is a book for any, it's it's not a book just for working moms. It's no. not a work or, or, or non-moms. It's not work. Right. It's it, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're an empty nester, whatever, there, this book speaks to all women, I guess, and men as well, but yeah. uh, our core audience are women. So I, and I really encourage, and again, I look at the seasons of life that I'm in and I, I remember the seasons where you are and, (laughs) and I look so much of how, where things really have shifted. And I think as a parent, if I could just say, it's been healthy for my kids to see that my kids to know and grow up going, you're always going to be my focus, but there are times where this call or this meeting is important. And I'm sorry, I can't come to your lacrosse game. I want to be there, but it's, it's okay. And relieve myself of, of guilt because you don't get an award at the end of the day for being a martyr or saying, you know, so again, feeling good about yourself and just as a reminder, 
everybody. This is the book. Tell them where they can go to get it. And then we're going to take one more quick break. Take back your time, the guilt-free guide to life balance. And you can get it at christywright.com. Awesome. We're going to take our final break. Then I'm going to come back and put Christy in the hot seat (laughs) as we do with all of our guests. So sit tight. Hi guys, it's Logan. You might remember me from episode 138, where I shared some of my own organizing struggles growing up. I'm here today to let you know that if your kids are struggling with letting go or need a little extra support when it comes to getting organized, my mom's book is filled with tips for the entire family. She even has an entire chapter dedicated to getting kids involved, which includes a responsibility list broken down by age. So if you don't already have a copy, go ahead and order my mom's book. Hot Mess, a practical guide to getting organized. Available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or wherever books are sold. Now, back to our show. All right, Christy, thank you so much for this. I mean, I could talk to you all day about this because it's exactly what we what we teach here. And so our people are used to hearing this and I love hearing it from other people. Obviously your book inspires a lot of people as well as all the work that you do. I'm always curious and inspired by what our guests are listening to reading, whether it's something from the past or something that currently is inspiring you. Can you just share with our listeners something that you've read that really has made an impact in your life? Yes. Well, I'll give you um, the most recent thing I've read that's made an impact. And um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I Unbelievable have it. book. I love it. It's such um, a great book. I love it. Unbelievable. That was months ago, though, because real talk, I'm in seminary right now. So the only thing I... I'm reading or listening to are textbooks and lectures every minute that I have. So yeah. I'm in the weeds of classwork right now. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, cause I, I heard you talk about that. So I was like, okay, we're not going to talk about it on the podcast, but I was definitely like, yeah. that is, that's a whole other topic, but I yeah. love it. <laughs> it's a lot um, of work. <laughs> and then the question that we ask every guest always is in this season of your life, where do you feel like you are the thriving the most in terms of organization? And where do you feel like a bit of a hot mess? Um, okay. The, the thriving it's it's very incremental and it's over a long period of time, meaning this started for me in April, but the, the short version of the story is in April, we thought we were going to move and we decided not to, but because we were pretty sure we were going to move and thought we were going to get this house and yada, 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 we got our house ready to take pictures to possibly list. So we turned it into a museum in 48 (laughs) hours. Like I sent the kids away and like talk about declutter. It was like mass decluttering. Well, we didn't get the house. I'm like, (laughs) I kind of love it clean. Okay. What can I do without? And so a lot of the stuff we decluttered to hide in boxes or at my mom's house, the garage didn't make it back in the house. And so I'm kind of still in this rhythm. Like just this weekend, I did all my bathroom cabinet cabinets and my uh, nightstand where I'd kind of hid stuff for the photos, but then I don't really need them. And so it's honestly, it was just getting inspired that like, what you would do to your house to get it ready to sell are things that would make you love it more anyway. So it's been this weird exercise where I feel like I'm like, I want to, I want to make my house like that, even though we're staying. So that's, that's where I'm rocking it. Hot mess. Listen, my refrigerator and pantry, like you'd be appalled. I, I don't know. It. It's all I, good. <laughs> I, I, I try to clean it out. I have help cleaning it out on, on occasionally. And still somehow, I don't know where anything is. I don't know how long 
maybe things are expired. Probably. I don't know. Like, it's just like, I can't even, I can't even look at it. Hot mess. We got you covered there. <laughs> we could talk. I, I got people, I got tips, I got strategies. So I'm like, my kids are fed. That's the priority. As far as what's going on that led to that, I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, my husband used to say, are the kids alive? Really? Right. Are they one piece? Then we're ready. Right. We're That's winning. Right. That's right. it. Well, everybody, as always, we're going to have all the links to everything Christy talked about, her book, her website. We'll put her podcast um, as well as her book recommendations. Everything will be in our show notes. So make sure that you check the links to, you know, connect with all things Christy, right? Christy, thank you so much. I wish you all the best. Um, Again, super fan of everything that you guys do over at Ramsey and um, best of luck with this new book. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. Take care. And until next week, guys, I'm Lori Palau. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to click the subscribe button wherever you are listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. A special shout out to our amazingly talented podcast producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for all of his hard work. And finally, if you want to connect with me, visit simplybeorganized.com or find me all over social media at Simply Be Organized. I'll see you next week for another episode of This Organized Life.